Matthew, the fifth chapter. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. You know, we are, are in a, um, a very troubling time in, in our nation, even in our world. As we think about um, uh, COVID-19 and the virus and the effects that it has had, uh, on our nation, on individuals, on families. Uh, we think about uh, the recent uh, days of unrest, the racial differences in our nation, and rioting, and looting, and fighting, and the discord. And in the middle of, of all of that, as Christians and as believers, we, we have to ask ourselves, what do we do? How do we respond? How do we react to these types of things? How do we talk to others when the topic comes up and, and, uh, and things are discussed? And, and sometimes that can be very challenging to, to know what do we do? How do we respond? How do we react? And, and so as I, I thought about that and I thought about God's Word, and I think one of the things is that we have to always, as believers, base our, our behavior, our speech, uh, our actions, our intentions, everything that we do, off the truths of God's Word. And if we'll go to God's Word and search for the truth, God will give us direction. He, he will give us insight and understanding as, as to how we should handle certain and various situations. Uh, God's Word is a guidebook for life. And I believe that, that in the guidebook, He gives us instruction and direction and teaching for everything in life. For every circumstance, for every situation that we might find ourselves in, He gives us direction. He gives us instruction in how we handle that situation. And so I think the truth of God's Word is critical. And part of that, then, is knowing the truth. So one of the things that we have to do is we have to be in the Word. We have to be in the Word daily. We have to be in the Word continually and consistently. So that when occasions arise, when challenges or difficulties or opportunities present themselves, we are prepared. Sometimes... It's a once-in-a-lifetime, one chance, one, one pass, one opportunity to deal with something. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if we're not prepared, we miss that opportunity. If we're not ready, it passes us by. And so that study to show thyself approved, to give an answer to any man at any time for the hope that is within you. Be prepared. Be prepared with God's Word and the truths of God's Word and know how to respond and how to react and what to say and what to communicate in every circumstance and situation in life. And we don't do that very often. We're not students of the Word as we should be. We don't allow ourselves to to delve into the Scriptures and, and read and study and prepare ourselves. And I, I'm not saying there's a blanket statement for everyone, but for the most part, we don't do that like we should. And when I say we, I include myself. We don't do that like we should in order to be prepared 
for, for occasions, circumstances, and situations in life. But as I, I turn to God's Word, He gives us some instruction about life as a whole that I think is very applicable to where we find ourselves in the world today. Matthew, the, the fifth chapter, Jesus is uh, giving instruction. And in the instruction, He he shares what we believe in the first part of the chapter, or what we refer to in the first part of the chapter, as the Beatitudes. Beatitudes are, are instructions on living life. Some have called them the Be Happy Attitudes. In other words, if you'll present these attitudes in life, then your life will be happy and, and full and, and complete in many ways. But, but He gives the Beatitudes, and then in verse 13... He shares another thought that is based off of the Beatitudes. And this is what he says to you and to I as believers today in the circumstances in which we find ourselves. He says this, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So what do we do in the current situation? What, what do we do in the circumstances and where we find ourselves today? And he says two things. Be the salt and be the light. That's what he calls us to do. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of of the world. And if we can't do those two things, there's not much hope for the future. If we can't be the salt and the light, there's not much hope or much promise for tomorrow. So what does that mean to us? Well, what does it mean for you and I to be the salt and the light? Well, the first thing that I want to talk with you about a little bit is, is it's interesting in, in biblical times, and, and really even up until until the, the pre-modern times uh, around the, the Civil War and, and things of, of that nature in our nation, salt had great value. Salt was very, very valuable and sought after because it contributed a great deal to life. Now, the interesting thing is today, we don't think about salt as something valuable. In fact, salt, if you look today, a pound of salt can be be purchased for about 40 or 50 cents. It doesn't have a lot of value. It's, It's not expensive in our world today. But in this day and time, when these words are being said and being recorded, salt has great value. And throughout the history of man, salt has had great value. Salt was was so valuable, it was used in order to pay workers. And from the word salt is where we get the word salary. Our salary comes from salt. In other words, we are, were paid at, at a point in time in history, man was paid for the work that he rendered with salt. 
Because salt was so valuable and so sought after and so useful in the world. It was used for preserving food and meat. It was used for giving flavor to those things. Uh, it was used to, to heal wounds and to disinfect. It was used for so many multiple different things that it had great value. And, and so from the word salt, we get today our word salary. Salt was used in order to purchase slaves. And when it was used to purchase slaves is where we get the term today, he's not worth his salt. He, he doesn't work for, for the value that I pay for him in salt is the idea. And so, so he's not worth his salt means that he's not performing up to the standard by which I paid for him as a, as a slave. Salt had great value in the world in which Jesus is communicating. It was something that was sought after. It was held in high regard and only the wealthiest and most affluent had, had easy access to it. Everyone else had to work for it. Everyone else had to strive for it. And so when we use that word today and say that we're to be the salt of the earth, we're kind of like, eh, salt. So what? But in Jesus' day, that term, to be the salt of the earth, carried with it great importance. It carried with it great value and significance and great usefulness for all of these things that it was used for. And so when we think about being the salt of the earth, he said, here's the thing. If it loses its saltiness, it doesn't have any value anymore. If it, uses its, it loses its saltiness, it, it doesn't have any purpose. It's not useful any longer. It can't be traded. It, it can't be used to pay a salary. It can't be used to preserve meat. It can't be used to help heal wounds if it's lost its saltiness. And so when he talks about if, if it's, we lose our saltiness, he's talking about the fact that we lose our value, that we lose our influence, that we lose our purpose and our impact and our usefulness in life. And so he said, it's no longer of any value. It can just be thrown out and trampled underfoot. It's just like any other, you know, dirt or, or mineral or anything that we trod or, or walk over in life if it doesn't have its saltiness. So the first question I was asked today is, is if we're going to be the salt of the earth, how do we maintain our saltiness? How do we continue to be salty? Now, we use that term around my house sometimes. If somebody gets a little agitated or, or, or they say something a little sharp and then we say something like this. Well, you're a little salty, aren't you? Right? So, so that term is not what we're talking about today. Okay? We're talking about being a little salty. All right? We're talking about how do we maintain our saltiness? How do we continue to be useful? How do we continue to, to continue our purpose? How do we continue to be valuable? And he says in regards to that, if we go through God's Word time and time again, we come back to, to where we started today, it all has to do with the truth of God's Word. That we be students of the Word, that we, we bring to value to life because we bring the Word to life. We, we have a purpose in life when we share God's Word with the lost. We have, a, have value when, when we have something to contribute that isn't trivial or, or, or something that's, that's weak or, or my opinion. Or, but when I have God's Word 
and I stand on the truth of God's Word, then, then I'm still salty. Then I still have value and purpose and, and usefulness in life. When I do that, I present that truth with love and compassion and understanding. That I'm not holier than thou. Oh, I have God's Word. Let me share it with you and correct your life. No. He says, let me share God's Word in love. Let me share it with compassion. Let me share it with understanding. Let me share it not not from a holier-than-thou attitude, but, but from a humble perspective of what God's Word means to me. Uh, about how God's Word has impacted and changed my life. Uh, about how I have found it useful at areas in my life. And, and so when we do that, we maintain the saltiness of life. And that we maintain value and purpose and usefulness in life. And so he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Here again, in our day and time, we take the idea of light for granted. I walk into a room, I flip the switch, and as long as I've paid the bills, I'm going to have light. Right? It's not a big deal. We go down the road and there's street lights on. Uh, we, we walk into buildings today and, and they have these sensors that when I walk in, and it's a pretty impressive deal. And, and they put these in not long ago in, in my wife's school. And the first time that I was there and experienced that, you go walking down the hall, and as you walk, light come on. You walk, light comes on. It's like it's lighting your path right now. And you're going, man, that's, that's pretty impressive. I don't have to touch a switch. I don't have to do anything. Just I walk on my way. As I walk on my way, a sensor knows that I'm there, and the light comes on. Okay? We put one of those outside of our house because of a dark spot. Anytime there's motion, light comes on. And it lights a dark spot so you can see where you're going. He says you're the light of the world. Light's pretty common and ordinary to us today. It's not that special or significant. It may cost a little bit for the electricity. But light is pretty commonplace. I can get a flashlight, and I can take that flashlight, and I can shine it into the darkness, and I can see things and illuminate things. that that I I don't need electricity. I, I don't need to be connected to anything. But I want you to think back. When Jesus is uttering these words. Light was precious. Light, you you had to work for the oils that you would use and the wick that would burn. And it wasn't just let's flip a switch and there's light, but there had to be fire and there had to be application and there had to be work and there had to be all of these different things that presented light. And light was valuable. Light was, was precious. It wasn't something that was taken for granted. It was something that was seen of great value and significance because it could illuminate the darkness and and dispel any of the uncertainties and fears that we were facing because we couldn't see what was there. And so, so this light that he speaks of in his day and time, at this moment in time, it was much more significant than it is to us today. We just take it for granted but they valued it. They cherished it. It was something that they, they sought to have and possess and to maintain because it made a difference in life. And notice what he said. He said, a city that is set on a hill, if there's any light in that city, it can't be hidden. If there's any light, it can be seen for miles and miles and miles around. That city can't be hidden. He said, neither do we go into our home and light a candle or whatever the case, a lamp, whatever the case may be, and we don't hide it under a basket, 
He said, what do we do? We put it on a lampstand. What does that mean? We put it up on a lampstand so that it can illuminate a larger area. It can have its effect on the area that is around it to its greatest potential. He says, you are the light of the world. You are valued. You are useful. You have a purpose to illuminate the darkness to dispel the fears and the uncertainties and the darkness and the things that are around, and you are to, to shine a light on that. So what? So people can see the reality. So that can, people can see the, the truth of what's going on. And so he says, we, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We, we are valued in order to make a difference and impact others' lives through the way that we live, through the way that we talk, the way that we speak, the way that we conduct ourselves, the decisions that we make. He says, you are to make a difference in other people's lives. That's the bottom line. So in the middle of of all of this noise, in the middle of everything that's going on around us, let's ask ourselves the question, what difference can I make? What difference can I make? How do I impact the people in my home? How do I impact the people at work? My neighbors? People that I come in contact with? Young people? When you're back in school? How how do I impact people at school? All around us, we can look and ask ourselves the question, How do I make a difference? What can I do to make a difference? I'm to be salt. I'm to be light. I am to impact the world around me. I am to shine a light on the darkness that is in this world. I I am to, as salt would preserve, I am as salt would to give flavor, I am as as salt would to to heal. All of those are are elements or, or actions of salt. And he says, you're to be that salt. What can I do to help heal? What can I do to to help preserve? What what can I I do to, to give flavor to life? Light shines, dispels the darkness, so that people can see the truth, the reality. How do I do that? How do I become that light? The choices that I make and the way that I live. Every one of us just need to begin to look at our lives. And ask the question, how do I make a difference in the lives of people around me? How can I impact them according to the truths of God's Word? God's Word tells us a lot of ways that we can make a difference. I want to share with you the biggest I believe today. The biggest way that we can make a difference is by being people of prayer. Praying that God would fill our lives and use our lives and praying for those that are around us. Praying for those that are struggling. Praying for those that are hurting. Praying for those that have lost loved ones. Praying for people and lifting them up. Listen, it's been said before that it's hard to look down on someone if I'm on my knees lifting them up. We're praying for people. It's hard to stand up and look down our nose at them and think we're better than them if we're on our knees lifting them up in prayer. 
I believe that, that in this time, one of the most significant things that the church can do and Christian people can do is to pray. Pray for our world. Pray for our leadership. Pray for our neighbor, our co-workers, and our family. But be a people of prayer so that we not lose our saltiness, so that we be that light shining in the darkness, so that we can make a difference in the world in which we live. Well, this morning we are going to offer an invitation to Him. And as always, the invitation is a time for us to make decisions about our life, about our relationship with the Lord and about where we are in that relationship. It's a time for us to... To ask that question, how do I make a difference? What can I do to be salt? What can I do to be light? What can I do to make a difference and impact the lives of people that are around me? From my home, and my spouse, and my children, and my family, all the way out to the world as a whole. How do I do that? I believe it begins with prayer. With the truth of God's Word, that seed planted in our heart. And we begin to pray. And ask God to use us to be salt and light. And ask God to care for other people's lives. And as we pray, I believe God will begin to reveal to us, because every one of us are different. How God plans to use us is different. What I can do to make a difference is different than what you can do or you can do to make a difference. And so we pray and say, God, how do you use me to be salt and light in the midst of these tumultuous times? How can I make a difference? If there's a decision on your heart about that or your relationship with Him or anything else today, won't you come forward as we stand and we sing?